All right, let's move. Let's grab our Bibles. Can we, um, if you have a notepad, who brings a notepad or an iPad or a phone or or a tablet with chisel, anything? Bring any, grab anything, and let's let's turn our Bibles to um, Romans chapter three, verse twenty-three. I haven't given the the team up there any notes. That's how I roll, just to keep them on their toes. So Romans chapter three. This morning, I want to talk about sin. Not, you know, about sin, but talk about sin. The Bible says that, uh, I got this a little, I was actually away and uh, we hear so many great messages, don't we, in this church. So many great ones. And uh, always encouraging, always uplifting, always, you know, letting us go forward and bigger and enlarged. But I really believe that God was was said, Andrew, this morning, I'd just like you to preach, you know, because we all live in a real world. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Can we say that with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Is that up there? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And um, has anyone ever sinned? Anybody? Ever? Once? That one time? It was late night. I don't know what happened one time. I didn't mean to steal the police car. I don't know what happened, but it just, just, I didn't, you know, and then, you know, rob that guy or whatever. But we've all, everybody, we've all sinned once. And uh, I remember one time I was with my dad on a trip and uh, we were down in uh, down the Riverina. It was freezing and I, I was staying in this place and I saw this old car and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could break into that car? Because there's no one there. It's like this old abandoned car, I thought, and uh, down there, and all of a sudden, I've got this thing, and I'm trying, I spent like half an hour trying to get just this old car in a paddock, and then all of a sudden, the police rocked up and said, what are you doing, trying to break into this car, and I went, oh, I thought it was abandoned, anyway, awkward, but all of us didn't, <laughs> didn't get in, who's ever stolen a car, come on, put your hand up, <laughs> anyone, hands up the back, I know, everyone's stolen, okay, I know, don't steal cars. Is this, we're not recording. Don't steal cars, whatever you do. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short. All of us have sinned once or twice or a thousand times in our life. All of us have sinned and fall short of God, God's glory. You know, I love that, that we're a family. Who loves C3 Tugger? We're a family. And do you know what? There should be no judgment for anybody who's ever sinned. And, and everyone's got this backstory of he did this and, or he, did, he went down there. But the Bible says all of us, all of us have sinned. I mean, we all sin every now and then. And there should be no judgment for anyone who comes into, especially into a church. And, and you know, oh, there, there's no outcast. There's no, you're this, you're in that section. No, because the Bible says we've all sinned. And the, the body of Christ is a family. And C3 Tugra is a family. And just because, you know, my brother goes out and steals a helicopter or whatever, we don't abandon him or just kick him. No, family, who loves, family's family. It's like family, you know, you could go out and blow up my house, but it's, you my, my family's so like, family's family, you don't, you know, family's fiercely loyal. Who, know, who knows that family's like, you know, no matter what happens, you know, Andrew, you, you shouldn't have done that at school and, you know, you got this and that and, you know, mum doesn't go and go, Andrew, well, she does, Andrew, Rotten child, you shouldn't have done that, but you know, fiercely loyal. And um, with family, families always got their back, don't they? You know, if your brother's at school, who, who's, who's this happened? 
when I was at school, this guy came up and picked on me, and you know, we're there, and, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my, my younger brother, who's heaps bigger than I am, I don't know why, but he came out and just, you know, and then he got suspended, then I got suspended, then that guy, but it's like when you, your brother sees something happening, regardless of who's there or what's happening, family's like, and this is a family, the body of Christ is a family, C3 Togra is a family, so when people come in, and they're like beaten or worn out or whatever, we don't go, oh, you're this and you're that or you should be coming to church more or you should know because we all know that when one person hurts in this house, that we all hurt. One person rejoices, we all rejoice. When one person, you know, steals a car, you know, we don't all steal cars, but we're, like, we're, we're for them, we're with them. Does that, does that make sense? We're, we're together, we're a team, we're a family. The Bible says that we're a family. Is that okay? Thank you, Daniel. This morning, uh, it says, uh, do you know that I want to read a scripture in, in Romans. It's the Apostle Paul who I love. And uh, he says, for what is Romans chapter 7, verse 17. And it says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I to do, I... Hang on, let me get out my pointer. For what I to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Do you know that sometimes in life, you begin, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. What, I'm not going to... I'm not going to speed. I'm not. I'm not going to. You know, when that comes on TV, I'm not going to. Not going to watch it. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to watch it. And then all of a sudden, it's like this internal drive that you're going. I don't. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to be. Who knows what I'm saying? It's like the Apostle Paul says. You know, we try and do all these things. We have like these great intentions. I want to. I want to. You know, when someone cuts in front of me in the and when I'm driving, someone cuts in front of me. I want to be nice. Like I want to be like I guess. Don't worry about it. And you get like no worries, but. Generally, if you're like Julie, you find yourself on the horn with a... No, that's not true. But just like the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said, what I want to do, I struggle to do, but what I don't want to do, I sort of, I'm propelled to do that. And it's like we've all struggled with this thing called sin. We've all struggled with temptation. And I love it. This is we've all fallen short. All of us have at one stage or another. And this is what happens. Even when Jesus... Was, was in, who knows the story when Jesus gets anointed and then goes out into the desert and the devil comes to him and tries to tempt him. And that's what happens. We'll be sitting at home, minding our own business, just going, Lord, we love you, God, we praise you, or whatever we're doing. And all of a sudden we get this evil thought. It's like, what? Where did, where did that thought come from? And it's like the devil is like this prowling lion that comes out just trying to rip off people, just trying to pull them down. And just trying to say, hey, you think you're a Christian gal, you're not a Christian. I saw what you did to that guy on the freeway the other day. That's not Christian-like. Or, you know, that's what happens. The devil comes at us and tempts us. And we, you know, all have fallen short. No one's perfect. No one goes, no, no, I'm, I'm the amazing one. I, you know, I can do whatever I you know. No, all have fallen short. The devil comes and tempts us. And John happens, every now and then, we fall in temptation. Is that okay to say? Every now and then, oh no, you can't say that. You, this is, we're, all, we're all perfect in see-through Tucker. No, every now and then, you know, we, we, we say something we shouldn't have said or we, we, we you know, talk about someone when we shouldn't have spoke or, or you, know, you know, we walk away and go, I shouldn't have said that about that guy. Oh, that hurts me. But, do you know what happens? The devil, after we've, you know, missed the mark somehow, the devil comes and says, you know, the Bible says that in, in Revelation that the devil is the accuser. He's the accuser of our brethren. 
So when we make our mistake or whatever it is, they will then come to get you near and goes, hey, I knew you'd do that. You, you always do that. You'll always do that. There's no, you know, everyone else doesn't do that. You're the only one that falls. You know, you're that, that's you. And you're going, oh, and it's sort of, am I being real? Is that okay? It's sort of like, and then we go, well, hang on, now I feel like, and the devil's like accusing you, hey, I, I, you know, you, you shouldn't have done that and don't, you know. He always tries to consistently makes us feel like we're falling short and accuse us till we feel bad and give up. That's what the devil wants. He wants to accuse us and accuse us and accuse us. Hey, I saw you that night. No one else saw it, but I know that's who you really are. I know that's who you really are. And then we just feel so bad. It's like, you know what sin is? Unrepentant sin is like carrying around bags that you shouldn't be carrying around. It's like you've got like a backpack on and you're carrying that and you're going, oh, and you're carrying another one. And it's like, that's, the, that's what the devil sort of tries to pile it all on. So we sort of get into church and then Vicky says, come on, lift your hands. And they're going, yeah, I want to, but like I'm just offended and I, I, the, the devil thinks I'm this and, and then I, I, can't, I can't do it. But you know what I'm saying? The devil will consistently try to attack you, to rip your mind down, to rip everything down, so you just, you just go, I quit. It's too hard. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I, I am a sinner. I am this. I am that. I, I can't go on. You know, that, um, here's a list of uh, people in the Bible. Who loves the Bible? Of uh, people. Who loves to re- read about people in the Bible? And uh, there's, there's the, you know, God uses real people. Not everyone, Mark, is perfect. God uses people that we go, how come, God, but I, I saw him in my past and that was, no. God uses real people. And uh, I, there's a list here of people that fell short in the Bible, but God still used them. And wouldn't you be spewing if that one time you sinned or whatever, it got recorded in the history of the Bible forever. Anyway, um, so Jacob, Jacob was a cheater. Peter, Jesus' like, best friend, had a temper and, you know, chopped the guy's ear off once. Um, I don't know what Peter was doing with a sword. I don't know how Peter... I, don't, I didn't know that everyone had swords in Jesus' time, but Peter had a sword and chopped the guy's ear off. Jesus thinking, well, you can't, you can't chop a guy's ear off. King David had an affair and killed the husband. King David, we love King David. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran away from God. Paul the Apostle was a murderer. It's like, oh, and, you know... Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gospel. Martha was a warrior. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. And Elijah was... All these guys that we look up to in the Bible, all of them, we go, if I can only be like Elijah and, and pray and get the... Do you know what? They're all just like us. They're all just these guys that are having a go. That's all we are. We're just guys that are trying to do our best and have a go and just, you know, get the job done. That's what, that's what all these are good for. We'll just get it. We'll just go in there and I don't care. If it can, we'll just get it done. And that's why Steve will be on our ride. I know. That's why I'm so excited that Steve's coming on our 1,000-kilometer ride because when those hills are there, he won't quit, will he? Will Steve quit on those hills? No. Will I quit? No. Will Angus quit? No, maybe. No. No, he won't. Of course he won't. <laughs> Here we go. Put it in third, Mom. Get up there. You can do it. No. It's going to be awesome. So, we all struggle. We just say we all struggle from time to time with sin. I just want to go through in the last little bit that we have and uh, talk about um, a guy who I love. Anyone love King David out of the Bible? King David. Who looks up to King David? Read the little story with the Goliath and the stones. And uh, don't we love King David? And there's a story in 2 Samuel. 
and you don't have to turn there if you don't want, but um, it's, it's, it's about David, and uh, David was definitely, definitely a man after God's heart. Definitely, without a, without a shadow of a doubt, without any second thoughts, David, his heart was definitely that for the Lord. Definitely. And he was a true worshipper, a great leader, a warrior, an amazing king. And uh, the Bible says in 2 Samuel, he sees a pretty girl, kills, kills off a hubby and takes the girl for his own. And uh, this is amazing, huge blunder. Like this, you know, like not just, you know, speeding fine or, or whatever, but, you know, sees a girl and she's pretty awesome. And then, oh, she's married. Oh, that's okay. I'm the king. And kills off the husband and then marries her. Like pretty, you know, pretty full on. Like if that was me and someone said, hey, Julie's pretty, she's pretty all right. And, you know, killed me off and then married Julie. Like they'd be in jail and it's like, you know, pretty, pretty, not a nice thing to do. And David sort of lives in a palace forever and then with servants and it's just amazing. And then King David uh, finds the error of his ways, I guess. And in Psalms 51 writes this amazing psalm about how he realises what he's done. And, and can we just turn there, if that's okay, Psalm 51. And it's King David uh, who's read this psalm. And it's so true. We, we, we you know, all struggle from time to time you know, doing what we need to do. The Bible says in Psalm 51.10, and this is King David after, after he's had a guy murdered and he's taken his wife and he's, uh, you know, sitting pretty and done all this stuff. David's just devastated after he's done it. Because that's what happens, isn't it? We sin, sometimes intentionally going, oh, this is awesome, this is great. And then after it, you know, who knows the afterthought? Oh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, I should have spoken nice. I shouldn't have. I should have said that person's stupid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're stupid. You know, you know that that feeling after it's like the you know isn't it? Isn't it? You try, but then you you, you know, and it's like David's here in that place in Psalm 51, and he says, "Can we just read it?" Psalm 51:10, and David says, "Create, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me." Verse 11. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, David says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Do you know that King David did this, you know, had this great life, you know, took down Goliath, incredible, you know, when he was a young boy and then took on armies and, and led worship and was a great king and just had this little thing that sort of, try to take him out and do you know that David could have sinned and, and then the devil could attack him and, he, and then the devil goes yeah, I told you, you you faked it that whole time you weren't really a worship leader you weren't really a, a king you weren't really that's who you really and David could have gone off the rest of his life down, 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 down and you know we would never thought he was amazing but you know that after David did this crazy thing you know he, he, he doesn't run out and you know you know, everything's bad, the world hates me or whatever. Nobody, he goes and gets before the Lord and says, Lord, I, I blew it. God, I'm, I'm human. I'm really sorry, God. And he goes and prays. I just want to go through this prayer with us. It says, number one, it says, verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Do you know that, and I've got five points and then we can chill out, but it says, point number one, it says that God creates. 
if you have a heart that's dirty or perverted or hurt or broken or whatever, the Bible says that God can create in us, like if you've got a dirty heart, God can get rid of the, the dirt and all the junk and then create in us a clean heart. That, uh, you know, God can create something from, from, when there's nothing there, God can just make it clean. And, and, and when it's dirty or when it's, you know, the Bible says, David says, God, just create in me. Just put a brand new heart, create a new heart, a clean heart in me, O oh God. And the Bible says, a clean heart out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if we're that kind of person that's always gossiping, always ripping someone down, like that's our heart, that's our overflow. I mean, we need to love people and support people and encourage people and, you know, be, be uplifting of people, not, you know, ripping people down. First thing is that David says, Lord, I need you to create, God, a, a clean heart. God, I, I, I want a clean heart. I don't want to come before God and, and know that there's this stuff in the way. And uh, who's been there? You come to church and uh, everyone's, everyone's there going, God, the worship's amazing. Oh, God, your presence. And you're there going, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's like you've got this. And you hear the devil going, yeah, but remember how you, you, you lied to your mom when you stole that or whatever you want to do. It's like, no, we need to just say, God, forgive me. The Bible says that he gets, from once he forgives us for sins from the east to the west or whatever way east and west is here, but he, he just forgets our sin no more. He just forgets it. And we come and go, say, God, I'm sorry. He goes, okay, great, no worries, you're all clean. And then we come the next day, God, I'm sorry. He's going, what are you talking about? I've got... I can't even, I was just, Andrew, no, nothing there, you're all, you know, and we need to just remember that we can, you know, um, God forgets our sin and we need to forget our sin because that's when the devil comes and tries to accuse us that this is who you are. But no, we're not that. David says, God created me a clean heart. Oh God. And uh, isn't that good? Someone has a clean heart. Just And it says, uh, verse 51.10, but kind of be, it says, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Can we say steadfast? Everyone say steadfast. Remember um, Rock, Steady and Bebop? Anyone? Rock, Steady and Bebop? Put your hand up if you know Rock, Steady and Bebop. Just the awesome people in the church, that's fine. No worries. It's out of uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Who knows Ninja Turtles? Calabunga. I, um, we actually, me and Luke, when we were away once, we were on holidays and we thought it would be a great idea. This lady was giving away cats and she just gave them out. And we just thought it'd be a great idea while we're on holidays to take one. And we had this cat, and uh, there's like five of us on holidays for ages, and we called it um, Aroku Saki, which is the shredder's name, without his, because he was anyway. It was awesome. And then we, the cat didn't. It was weird. The cat didn't like us, and then we had to give it back. And we we're on holidays, and it was fun for like a couple of days, but the cat was freaking out, and it was only little, and we gave it back, and. That's the way it goes, isn't it? So if you're ever on holidays and someone's giving out cats, don't take one. Do not take one. We thought we'd take it home and one of us would get it, but then all of a sudden it was like, what are we doing? We don't want a cat. Who, anyway, who loves cats? Who's a cat person? Uh, we'll pray for you all later because I have been attacked by so many cats. It's just ridiculous. I have. I was at, uh, me and Luke were checking the surf the other day, years ago, the other day, years ago, and this cat out of nowhere comes up and starts rubbing its legs against my feet. And I go, awesome. Boy's going, do not pat that cat. I'm going, this is awesome. There's a cat. Rubbing his feet. That's, I just want to pat it. It's purring. It's tails going up. And so I pat it. And all of a sudden, it just latches onto my foot and just bites my foot. I go, oh, oh. And I kick it away. And, uh, and then I go, that was, boy's going, don't pat the cat, man. And then I, and I go, oh, no, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And then it comes back again. 
And it's just like, it's just around, you know, they walk in and out and they've got these, you know, and it's purring and it's looking up at me and I go, oh, he wants to, I paint him again. He bites my foot again and they're going, oh, and I'm like, it's like taking skin out. I go, that's it, cat. You know, you're, no more, no more, two times. And, um, and then anyway, Paul, and it came up a third time and uh, what would you do at this stage, anyone? What would you, anyway, what would I do in this stage? Just purring through my thing. I go, oh, well, he maybe just something freaked him out the first two times and maybe I'll <laughs> just give him a pat. Anyway, just sort of like lashes on it. Goes, that is it. And I just booted it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't boot it. But why do cats bite? I've never seen that before. That's weird. And it bit me. Anyway, the Bible says in Psalm 51.10, and renew a steadfast spirit. You know, when the tempter comes, when, when you're sitting at home and the show comes on that you know you shouldn't watch or, or this happens or, you know, when the tempter comes at you, because that's what he does, he comes at you, just always come at you, always come at you, you know, and we can say, sorry, sorry, devil, sorry, you want to, no, sorry, sorry, but I, I, I've renewed, I've made new a steadfast spirit within me. The word renew is to me, it actually means to make new again. So, you know, when, when David says, Lord, just renew, just renew, make new, make it a brand new, a brand new car, just a brand new, just create a brand new steadfast spirit. And the word steadfast means fixed in directional purpose. It's like we're just fixed. It's like strength. It's like, God, I just, I, when, when the devil does come and attack me, when he does try and rip me down and say, this is who I am, I'm going to, you know, no, I'm, I'm made new. My, my spirit is now strong. And I can say, sorry, devil, you don't even, you know, it's not tempting. It's not even, you know, you can just, I don't, I don't want, you know, because my spirit's strong. Anybody? My, my spirit inside me, it's strong. And uh, it's strength to be able to hold your ground when, when previously you couldn't because you've got this new thing inside you now. And, you know, not only are you fighting for yourselves, but, you know, we're fighting for our kids. You know, our kids don't want to come out and see us you know, watching things on TV that we shouldn't be watching or, you know, swearing at the, at the guy who drops the newspapers off or they're swearing at our neighbours or, or whatever. You know, we, we hold our ground not just because of us, because when our kids are coming through, we're their example. And when Auntie Gail's out there hurling abuse, at, you know, whatever, no. You know, our, us, as who we are, are examples to our next generation coming through. And, you know, that, it's not like, I mean, Joey does stuff that I don't even think she knows that I see. Like, I'll be out there, you know, uh, we ran on the treadmill. We got given a treadmill and we're running on the treadmill and she's little, and she comes out and she says, hey, Daddy, you want to run on the treadmill? I'm like, you didn't even, how did you know? It's like they see you when you don't think they're watching. When they're, you know, think, oh, they're, they're asleep. Well, they know, but they just, they know, don't they? Children know. And uh, that's my dad's in jail now. No, he's not. But, um. Children, no. So just we're holding our ground not just for us, but also for our children and their children. And isn't it great to see children, you know, loving coming to church and love coming to the, the house of the Lord? I love going to children's church. It's great. You know, why, where do they get that? Because the parents love going to the house of God. And if the parents don't love it, guess what? You can pretend, you can, you can come to church every week, but if the parents don't love it, guess what? The children know. And, and it's just this, you know, it, we, you know, some people sit around and say, well, why don't my kids go to church? Why, 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 why? I mean, it's like, well, what, what do you talk about or in front of them about the church? Do you rip down the leadership of the church? Oh, if I was running the church, I'd do this, I'd do that. No, because kids, you know, we need to be loving the church. 
We need to be encouraging our children. We need to be encouraging this community together. It's gone quiet. But to stay together and be strong as a community and not, you know, attack our leaders or our worship leaders or the young guy trying to host this church service as well. Pastor Phil and Julian. Okay, verse uh, number 11, it says, um, David prays, and I love this, it says, Psalm 51, verse 11 says, Do not cast me away from your presence. And church is definitely a place where we will find God's presence. Definitely a place. I mean, you can try and get it at home, and you can. You can be in God's presence down at the beach. You definitely can. You can be in God's presence in, the, in nature. Of course you can. But when we all come together as a family, as a united team, as, as, as we all come together and God is here, you know, there's no walls, there's no, you know, so we just love you and encourage and, you know, be together as one and live in the community and family that is known as C3 Tugra. We live in a community. I, I know, I was talking to Jill on the way here, just talking about people in our church, how we love them. Hey, don't you love James? I dragged him yesterday down at Bado Bay Lights and we raced for slips and he lost, so he, has, he owes me his car now, but whatever. But, you know, but just, just... No, actually, James won, to be honest. But anyway, I'm not giving him my car. But, um, no. <laughs> but it's like, we're driving a just love everyone. Just love the great people. This church is full of great people. Just everywhere you look, there's just another great person. There's a great person. There's another great person. And, you know, church is the only place where you'd be sitting next to the person. You probably wouldn't hang out with that person in Another setting, but in church, I mean, not many people hang out with Daniel. In another setting, but in church life, we love Daniel. We love, no, for the record, that's Daniel second, not Daniel Christ. No, I'm kidding, it's Daniel Christ. <laughs> no, we love them both. But it, <laughs> Daniel goes, yeah, yeah, you love me, yeah. No, we do, we love Daniel. And we'll get him to a guitar solo. But the thing is, it's like, you know, just full of great people. And do you know what happens? When we get into church, when we get into God's presence, it's like God... Ever had an idea that you go, this is bigger than me. This is beyond what I've ever thought. This is, it's like God gives you, when you're in God's presence, it's like all the fears, all the worries, all the cares, they sort of just drop away. And all of a sudden, it's like you've got this clear thing at you and you can sort of stand before God and, 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 and you know, you'll find inner peace if your head's racing all the time. Whose head just races when I go to pack something? You know, when you're packing to go away and just, who does that? Their head's racing because they think they're going to forget something. And you just can't, you know, your eyes sort of start to tingle and you're going, God, I can't do this. You know, come to the house of God, you'll find peace. You know, your spirit will be revitalized and, uh, um, which will be good. You'll be encouraged and you'll hang around bigger people and, and start to think bigger, and, uh, which is good. We all need that. Last point, if I can get Lisa up as well before we finish. Um, thank you. Lisa's another person that we love. We love Lisa, um, which is good. The Bible says in Psalm 51:11 that uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus, King David prays, says, "Do not take your Holy Spirit from me." And uh, don't we love people who actually are who they say they are? I mean, because just because we come to church doesn't mean that we're Christians. It really doesn't. And I can stand in my garage all night. Will not make me a car. It will not make me a car. We can come to church. And uh, say, lift our hands even, or, or do whatever we need to do, but still doesn't make us a Christians. And the Bible says in Galatians 5.22 that the fruit of the Spirit, this is what a real Christian is, a fruit of the Spirit is someone who has love, someone who has joy, someone who has peace, 
long-suffering kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and fly for the handles when someone cuts in on them. That's who real Christians are. You know, they don't have to lift their hands. They don't have to do whatever. But that's, that's the fruit of a real believer. That they have love. Who loves people who have love? Don't you love? There's no judgment when you're around people with love. There really isn't. It's like, oh, you know, I do this. And so I like, come here. Just give me it. Come on. Come here. Give me it. Get in there. Come on. Give me a huge hug. Love. Joy. I love people who have joy in, in their heart. You know, the, the tragedies happen, but they know inside that there's joy. Peace. I mean, you could pay a million dollars and still, you know, you pay a million dollars to have peace. You really would. People spend hours traveling and going here and catching a thing that just to sit on an island, try and get peace. But who knows that with God and His Spirit, there is true peace. I mean, literally, you can travel for hours and hours and hours to try and sit on a beach and still not, still not have inner peace. Having inner peace is amazing. Long-suffering. You know, been able to suffer something for a long time is long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, it goes on. I mean, that's, you know, we should have that on our fridge. We should be, you know, that's who we are. As believers, that's what a Christian is. And uh, the last thing before we move along, it says here in uh, Psalm 51, verse 12, if you still got your Bibles there. Oh, hello. That's good. I didn't think I had five, but that's okay. Number six then. uh, Psalm 51 verse 12 says, David says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Do you know that God is definitely, definitely into the restoration business? When when we've blown out this or or our family's gone haywire or, or our business is going down the drain, do you know that God is the kind of God that can restore stuff back to us. Any circumstance, it's not too big for God. God, God doesn't go, okay, well, you know, uh, you know, you lost that customer and, oh, well, it's all over. Just quit now. Go home. No. The Bible says that God is the God. God's a God of restoration. God can restore families. God can bring back together couples. God can restore families to husbands. and You know, all this kind of... God is the kind of God that... The Bible says that all things work together. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Can we just stand before we finish? And uh, the Bible says in Psalm 51, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Do you know that being a Christian isn't boring? It's not, you know, hard work. You know, it's restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm so excited. We're going to hear from four or five young people, not even young people middle-aged people that uh, have just have the joy of the first time that they ever encountered the Lord. Is that so? It's going to be fun. So that's tonight. But the Bible says, God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, today, God, we thank you for this amazing house. God, we thank you for this amazing team of people and community that we live in. God, we thank you for it. And God, we just pray, God, that you would uh, restore to us, God, the joy of our salvation, God, in Jesus' name. God, in Jesus' name. Can we just just sing this for one bar? Is it okay? Let's just just thank God and uh, for the joy, God, the joy of our salvation.